Welcome, everyone, to the Score Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Boone. Thank you for hanging out with us here today. We've got two weeks left to go in the fantasy playoffs. Hopefully, you already listened to yesterday's show where I went over the important injuries from week 15 and which ones you'd really need to be worried about here moving forward. Normally, I would run through the top waiver ads during the second half of that episode, but I decided to hold off on that, at least until we had some more updates on things and until we saw what happened the Monday Nighter as well, just so that I could give you the best possible advice who you could pick up heading into week 16 and who's really going to make a difference for your team. And before we get into that, just a small programming note that I want to say, because Christmas falls on a Monday next week, I'm not going to be doing that usual Monday show. Instead, I'll do the injury roundup and the waiver ads episode. I'll do that on Tuesday for week 17. So one week from today, you're going to get the normal Monday show, but you're going to get it on Tuesday. We got to make it there first, though, and that means getting another playoff win. So let's get through these top ads for week 16. And at quarterback, let me just say that if you look back at the quarterback results from week 15, It's wild. Aiden O'Connell is the QB3 overall. Derek Carr, QB6. Easton Stick, as bad as the Chargers offense was in that game, he was the QB11 on the week just thanks to that full second half of garbage time that he had there. So you're really never out of it at quarterback. You just got to find the right streamers. And this week, Baker Mayfield, he is still over that 50% rostered mark that I use as a cutoff, but he would be the number one pickup for me. He has back-to-back top 12 finishes, including the second most fantasy points. Last week, he had that four-touchdown game versus the Packers. Chris Godwin finally coming alive for him. The Bucks get the Jags this week in Jacksonville. They're a pass funnel. They're also giving up the third most fantasy points to quarterbacks. So Mayfield, a strong streamer in this one. If we dip below that 50% roster line, it's a tough call at this point. There's really nobody that stands out. Gardner Minshew, he's been solid as a spot starter in fantasy. You know, over the last month, he finishes the QB5, the QB11, the QB14, and the QB19. And even with Michael Pittman leaving early with a concussion last week, Minshew still through for three scores and we always give a nod to the pace that that Colts offense plays with it tends to create more opportunities for everybody including more pass attempts for Minshew plus his opponent this week is the Falcons they're a favorable matchup for fantasy quarterbacks so Minshew he's in play as a streamer even if Pittman doesn't get cleared for this one some other options Jake Browning at the Steelers and he's a little less enticing now that Jamar Chase is going to be sidelined but you still got to respect three straight top 10 fantasy weeks for Browning and T. Higgins, he can slide right into that number one spot. Tyler Boyd taking over as the second option. So Browning, he remains a streamer. Joe Flacco, he's been a top 15 fantasy quarterback the last three weeks since he took over for the Browns. Now he gets a softer matchup against the Texans. They're allowing the 10th most fantasy points to quarterbacks this season. So those are the top options. And no, you're not going to feel good about starting any of them, but they've all shown that they can produce as decent streamers. And if you have to go deeper in your league, we can do it. I mean, Nick Mullins, Tommy DeVito, they have good matchups. If you're chasing somebody, if you need someone in a pinch, Mullins against the Lions, DeVito against the Eagles. CJ Beathard does too. He'll face the Buccaneers. And if Trevor Lawrence can't clear concussion protocol, Beathard's going to be the one out there. We found out this morning, Taylor Heineke, he's been named the starter for the Falcons again. So Arthur Smith just scrambling for solutions to a problem that he kind of created himself. But Heineke, he's got the potential to be a one-week fill-in for you, albeit a pretty risky one-week fill-in. He's more of a 2QB or super flex option there. And we got a few new starters popping up in these formats, like if 
you're looking for those two QB or super flex guys. Mason Rudolph, he might get the nod for the Steelers if Kenny Pickett isn't ready. They've seen enough of Mitch Trubisky. I think we all have. Ryan Tannehill, he could get the call if Will Levis's ankle sprain keeps him out. And that's on top of all the other backups who are already starting. So quarterback, it's just been a mess this year with all these injuries. And really, it's only getting worse over the final month. We can move on to running backs, though, and there isn't really an obvious pickup here. You know, somebody that could step into your lineup and give you big numbers right away. Ty Chandler is certainly that guy, but he's over the 50% rostered mark now. If he is still somehow out there in your league, he is a max bid player, but I told you that last week before he went off against the Bengals. Deonta Foreman, he's also over 50% rostered. He's locked into that three-way committee with Roshan Johnson and Khalil Herbert, and it's been a little tough to decipher at times, but this week... The Bears should be able to run the ball on the Cardinals. Arizona gives up the most fantasy points to running backs. So if Chicago, if they can get up in that game, Foreman, he could have RB3 flex value and could have some upside too if he can find the end zone. And then Tyler Algier, he's the other guy who's over the 50% rostered mark, but I think he should be picked up. We're kind of running out of time for him to be that injury away league winner, but Algier, he's getting enough volume to be a flex option in fantasy. And if something did happen to Bijan Robinson this week, Algier would have a ton of value in the fantasy championships next week. When we go below the 50% roster cutoff line, got a couple intriguing guys, but a lot of it's going to depend on these injury situations. The top one, Zamir White. He showed us what he could do with Josh Jacobs out last week. He had a nice game script that played right into his hands. He was out there on 70% of the Raiders' snaps, put up 85 scrimmage yards and a score on 20 touches. But if Jacobs can come back from the knee injury this week, then White goes right back to the bench. If Jacobs is out another game and really... Why would he rush back from injury on a team that's going nowhere and for an organization that didn't give him the contract that he wanted, right? Why risk getting hurt, missing time next year potentially? So I don't know that we'll see Jacobs this week. We have to wait to get an update there, but White could definitely get another start and the Chiefs, they're not the juggernaut that they've been in the past. They've also been susceptible to running backs this year. They're giving up some big stat lines lately to ball carriers, 125 yards and a touchdown to Jacobs a few weeks ago. They also have given up 141 yards and a touchdown to James Cook, 107 yards and a touchdown to DeAndre Swift, even 87 yards to AJ Dillon. So if Jacobs is out, White is going to be an RB3 with some touchdown upside. We also have the Colts backfield to deal with. So Jonathan Taylor's thumb, reportedly, it's feeling good. It's possible that he could return this week. Zach Moss, he injured his shoulder in that last game and left early. He's saying that he plans to try to play. If by chance those two can't go then we would see a split between Trey Sermon and Tyler Goodson. They would handle things. And I talked about this on yesterday's show. Sermon played 43% of the snaps in this past game when Moss left. 17 carries for 88 yards in that one. Goodson played 28% of the time. He finished with 11 carries for 69 yards and two catches for 10 yards. They would both be RB3 options if Moss and Taylor can't suit up. And if you force me to pick between them, I'd be going with Sermon. Then we get into the flex options. So Chase Brown on the Bengals, Tajay Spears on the Titans, Roshan Johnson, who I mentioned on the Bears, even Justice Hill, now that Keaton Mitchell's out for the season, the Ravens, they're going to have to go back to Gus Edwards and Justice Hill in that tandem. 
And all those guys there that I just mentioned, that little group, they're all decent flex options. And you just got to hope that they can break a big play or maybe find the end zone to make a serious impact for you. But they're all capable of doing that on limited touches. Also, I said this yesterday, but Isaiah Pacheco, he's expected back for the Chiefs. So Jerick McKinnon, he could still have some flex appeal. But Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he goes back to your bench if Pacheco starts. And you know what? Another long shot at running back that I could say here, a Chris Rodriguez for the commanders. So if Brian Robinson remains out with with that hamstring injury, Rodriguez could be a sneaky play. He led the team of carries last week. He might get a more positive game script this week if Washington can keep that game close with the Jets, which let's face it, I mean, they should be able to do that. They're going against Trevor Simeon, likely starting on the other side. So Rodriguez is a desperation pickup right now. But if Robinson, if he can't suit up, then we could see Rodriguez become a flex option. On to receivers. So with Michael Pittman in concussion protocol, Josh Downs, he becomes a lot more intriguing. And we don't know if Pittman is going to be held out or not. He's going to get an extra day here this week to try to clear. So there's a chance that Pittman could still be available. If not, Josh Downs is going to be a wide receiver three flex option. He's also above the 50% rostered mark though. So he might not be out there in your league. As far as guys who are under the 50% line, Josh Palmer, he came back from IR last week. He had a good game. Now, a lot of the production did come on a 79-yard touchdown, but he finished the day with 113 yards and that score, and it helped that Keenan Allen was out with a heel injury, but Allen's another one of these veterans who really has little incentive to try to rush back. I mean, the Chargers aren't in playoff contention. They don't have Justin Herbert the rest of the way, so Allen might take his time getting healthy here, and that would put Palmer in position to continue producing as a wide receiver three flex option for fantasy. And even if Allen does return, Palmer's going to be the number two receiver in that offense. He would still have weekly flex value. We have some other guys that I like too. Noah Brown, he is very interesting for the Texans. He went eight for 82 in a touchdown last week. He showed that he is healthy again. Tank Dell done for the year. Nico Collins was sidelined with the calf injury in that game. And we don't have a timeline on Collins. So if he's back this week, that would hurt Brown's outlook and the matchup with the Cleveland defense, that's going to hurt Brown's outlook, but he does get one thing in his favor. CJ Stroud is likely going to be back in this game. So if Collins remains sidelined, Brown is going to be a wide receiver three option with upside. And if Collins is back, then Brown becomes more of a flex due to the bad matchup. Definitely somebody that I want on my roster, though. He gets the Titans again in week 17. That's who he was playing last week. So if you make the fantasy championship, Brown could be a difference maker there. We also have Curtis Samuel. He just continues to produce here in the last three games. He's posted stat lines a nine for 100, four for 65, five for 41, and two touchdowns this past weekend. Got to consider him a wide receiver three flex option. Tyler Boyd, he's going to be forced here to step up with Jamar Chase hurting. Chase likely going to miss some time, like I said earlier, and that makes Boyd a potential wide receiver three flex. He should also be able to capitalize on the Steelers' weakness against slot receivers, so Boyd is certainly worth consideration this week. Dentavian Wicks on the Packers, he's coming off a season high, and really it's a career high because he's a rookie, but six for 97 against the Bucks, and it wasn't just that game. He had over 40 yards in four of his previous five contests before that, and his fantasy value, it will depend on the health of Christian Watson, who's dealing with the hamstring injury, and Jaden Reed, who has a toe injury now, but Wicks certainly could be a flex option, and maybe even more if both those guys are out this week. 
Lots of risky flex options out there. I'll let you check the article for most of those. It could be a pretty long list, but a couple other injury situations that I want to mention. Zay Jones, he's dealing with a hamstring injury, so Parker Washington could be asked to take on a bigger role here, and the Jags get the Bucks defense that is very friendly to opposing passing attacks. Washington has two touchdowns since Christian Kirk went down a few weeks ago, so he's somebody that you could target. Going back to the Michael Pittman injury, Josh Downs I mentioned, but Alec Pierce, he would become a risky flex if Pittman's out, and DJ Montgomery would be a desperation flex in that scenario. And then the Cardinals wideouts, we could unearth some value here too since Marquise Brown, he left with a heel injury. That's been bothering him for a while, so I think right now you probably have to assume that he is going to miss time, but if he can't go... Greg Dorsch is a risky flex. The rookie Michael Wilson, also a risky flex. Dorsch, more of that volume guy. Wilson, more of a downfield threat. But they'll be flex candidates if Hollywood is inactive. And I'm probably going over too many players here, but it's the semifinals, right? I want to make sure you're ready. So we can flip the tight ends now. And here we do have someone that stands out, and that's Tucker Craft on the Packers. He's been making the most of his opportunities. Luke Musgrave's been sidelined with that lacerated kidney. We don't know if Musgrave is going to be back this season. And since he got injured, Kraft has three top 12 fantasy finishes over his last four games. Plus, he could get even more volume if Jaden Reed and if Christian Watson, if those guys are out or if they're limited with these injuries. So Kraft flirting with low end tight end one status in fantasy right now. And if you need help there, he is a must add this week. You could also look to Gerald Everett on the Chargers. He's been solid, not spectacular, but solid in terms of being a streaming option. And then there's a bunch of risky streamers at tight end guys like Cade Otten on the Bucks. He's facing the Jags weak pass defense. Michael Mayer on the Raiders. Tyler Higby on the Rams. Chica Conquo, Tanner Hudson. I mean, the list goes on and on. There's lots of players in that category, but you just have to know you're taking chances on all of them if you're going with one of those guys. We could even add Mike Gusecki to that mix too since Hunter Henry, he's dealing with a knee issue and we don't know if Henry is going to be available for week 16 or not. But that brings us to defenses and Normally, I put four or five defenses in the waiver wire column. This week, I think it was up to like seven or eight. And we've talked about this recently, right? You have so many backup quarterbacks starting now. It really opens up the door for a lot more streamer defenses. So I'll just rattle them off quick. But the Packers, they get Bryce Young and that floundering Panthers offense. Carolina giving up the fourth most fantasy points to opposing defenses. But a lot of opportunity for spiked weeks against them too, right? Sacks, turnovers. They just come in abundance when you're playing the Panthers offense. The Broncos, they get Bailey Zappi and the Patriots. New England, fifth in fantasy points allowed to defenses. So that's a good matchup there. The Colts, their defense has been on fire in the second half of the season. Now they're going to get Taylor Heineke and the Falcons. And that one's self-explanatory. We don't really have to get into that. The Bengals, they get Mason Rudolph and the Steelers. The Bears are taking on that banged up Cardinals offense. The Commanders get Trevor Simeon and the Jets. The Rams against New Orleans. The Seahawks against the Titans. And maybe Ryan Tannehill starting in that one. So just plenty of options at defense this week. But that is all for today's show. So if you haven't already, go give my Week 16 waiver wire column a read. That's up over at The Score. I'll also have the first edition of the Week 16 rankings up later today. So depending when you're listening to this, they might already be available. And I'll be back Wednesday with another show to help you get ready for the semifinals. But until then, big thanks for following me on Twitter, at Justin Boone. Big thanks for listening to every episode, and we will see you next time. Said leave on time. My baby said leave on time Leave on time with me